Hey there everyone welcome aboard to the One Touch Talks this is your host Mayuresh Matkar so this weekend so the final round of fixtures being played before the first international break of the season we'll be taking a look at some of the big games which took place this weekend in Germany Italy and in Spain the Bundesliga saw two derbies this weekend as Bayern Munich traveled away to Augsburg in the Bavarian derby and Borussia Dortmund played Schalke in the Riviera derby in the Signale Iduna Park in Italy there was a heavyweight clash at the San Siro between Milan and Napoli whereas Roma took on Atalanta in what was a very exciting game but we'll start today in the spanish capital in the civitas metropolitano where real madrid danced their way to a comfortable victory against their city rivals atletico madrid so i've been covering la liga for a long time now and i haven't seen this much build up to a madrid derby in the last 4 5 years i mean the last thing the last derby that i saw which had a lot of story to it was the derby where Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid played in the Champions League semi-finals in 2017. I think that was the time when I saw a lot of hype around it, a lot of build-up to a Madrid derby. It's it's been a very very important fixture in La Liga and for both these teams in their domestic calendar, but I haven't seen much of a build-up and the build-up was all for the wrong reasons to be honest and uh, we we shouldn't be actually going into the depth of that build up because it's as disgraceful as it as it should be mostly and mostly not not mostly but especially for for, for Atletico Madrid i mean the things that we saw before the game you know the videos that were released about a sect of ultras who were actually having a Vinicius Junior doll there were a, a, a black doll primarily which was being referred to as Vinicius Junior I mean that is sadistic that is disgraceful that is shameful not just for you but for your club as well it's nothing you you're not really painting a stain on Vinicius Junior's legacy you're painting a stain on your club's legacy that's something that every every fan who was there or so-called fans or ultras who were there around outside of the stadium should be knowing everyone who was calling him calling him a monkey and all those sorts of things i mean even in the spanish media outlets even on spanish television on a very respected channel i shouldn't be naming them but uh, or on on a very respected spanish channel they refer to vinicius in a very racist manner that is not acceptable i mean everyone if you have your tebas you you have to act on this this can't let i mean this is not a very big fixture like the manchester derby or even uh the milan derby but it is a very important fixture for your own country and for everyone who watches football i mean it is a big big fixture real madrid against atletico madrid you get yourself a lot of pr in this a lot of build up a lot of money is being invested in games like these and if you have such kind of background to it it just gets a big stain on your league that's how i think it i mean it's not like i'm a real madrid fan and uh, i want vinicius i mean this goes beyond football i i, I wouldn't have stood i wouldn't have stood for this if this was a player from atletico madrid color of without color i don't care if this was a player from atletico madrid and they are been receiving the same treatment at the santiago bernabeu i would have said the same thing this is disgraceful for atletico madrid i have no 
personal problems with Atletico Madrid and their fans and their club and their management and anyone, even their manager. I mean, people criticize Diego Simeone for his playing style. I don't. I, for one, don't criticize him for his playing style. I don't have a problem with Atletico Madrid. The thing is that they have crossed the line. I know, I mean, even Koke, I mean, I, I think the reporters as well should be disgraced. Uh, I mean, they should be ashamed of themselves because they were trying to provoke Koke in saying something racist. And he said that, you know, dancing and stuff like that. I mean, I have a problem with this as well. I mean, Vinicius Jr. dancing is, is a reflection of his cultural beliefs. It's not like he's coming there and dancing to mock your fans or mock the players of the opposition. He's, it's, it's, it's a cultural thing. I, I, I believe that is what I, I mean, I believe it to be true. I don't think he's trying to just take the mickey out of those fans there. It's not like that. In, I mean, we are all adults. We are, I mean, I'm not as adult as Koke is or even Diego Simeone is. So you need to think with clearer mind. I mean, we are living in the 21st century and what kind of crap this is in your mind. Like he's going to get some, what harm does it do to your team or what morale does it get your team down from if he's dancing? I mean, that is just hideous. That is stupid to think i mean i have a problem with players who do those rainbow flicks i mean not rainbow flicks but rainbow flicks to just wind your opposition up doing those uh, tricks and uh, uh, doing those juggling like richardson did i have a problem with that because then you're inviting uh, danger to yourself you're inviting physical challenges in the game and you're going to come and take it and he, I, i've seen it with neymar when he tries this fancy stuff and players clatter into him and he's just out crying and stuff like that he gets injured and that's on you you shouldn't be provoking players and vinicius jr believe me doesn't do that i have a problem with those things i have no problem with what vinicius jr does he tried a rainbow flick yesterday and that was to get over axel witzel it was not something that he was trying to do uh to just uh, to just make fun of uh the losing team. I mean, at that point, it was 2-0 with 10 minutes to go. And uh, he, he tried that weird little flick over Witzel, which was not really something that came off well, but it was a, I mean, it was a bad trick, to be honest. And uh, um, funnily enough, it didn't win. And it was a section of fans. I mean, it was audible on my television set that it, it sounded, what, it sounded monkey, monkey in Spanish. I mean, I I don't know how to deal with this. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. They should be Atletico Madrid. They should have watched this, those clips. I mean, everyone who's in their in in their boardroom, the president, everyone, Javier Tebas has to act as well. Play the next game, which is probably against Girona. Uh, after the first week is, I I guess it's away to Ramon Sanchez Pijuan against Sevilla. And then the next game is at home against Girona. Don't play this game with your fans. I mean, punish yourself, your your club. Don't take the money for that next game. You will be punished and play be behind closed door. At least one game. This is not acceptable. This is disgraceful for you as a club, for you as a fan, for you, everyone from Atletico Madrid as well, because they were the ones who built it up against Vinicius Jr., I mean, it needs to be stopped or there would be serious action being taken. And, I mean, this is happening just before the World Cup. I mean, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. By the way, talking about this game, it was uh, 
a very, very good start by Atletico Madrid. The atmosphere in the Metropolitano was uh, very, very good, uh, to be honest. And uh, Atletico Madrid started pretty well. I mean, they had... Uh, I mean, they still don't have Jimenez and Savage in their team, which probably are the two starting defenders, two starting centre-backs. Uh, they played Witzel, Reynaldo and Luis Felipe in that back three. It was Llorente and Carrasco giving them width. There were three midfielders in uh, Savage. I'm sorry, in uh, Coque, Kongdogbia and Rodrigo de Paul. And two players playing in between the lines in Griezmann and uh, Joao Felix. So... Uh, yeah, it was a very, very good start. I thought Griezmann looked really very, very sharp. I mean, he looked up to the market in terms of fitness and stuff like that. You had Joao Felix, who... I mean, the game plan was pretty much simple. When when I saw that team sheet where they had Griezmann and... Uh, Griezmann and... Uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Joao Felix playing in that front too. I thought, yeah, you know what, this is going to be very, very good because now they're going to try and uh, entice Militao and Alaba to come and have a go at them. And it, and, it, and it happened because if you look at that first shot at goal, which came through Yanni Carrasco, you look at Eder Militao getting uh, pulled away by Joao Felix, which leaves the space behind Eder Militao. Uh, Yanni Carrasco is so very good that he spots that space. He makes a run. Koke with a very, very good ball. It goes in behind. Very, very well defended by Dani Carvajal, by the way. He was uh, on the uh, on the task at that one. And uh, he went in there. He took a shot, Carrasco, and it uh, was deflected off the, uh, off the legs of uh, Dani Carvajal away for a corner. So uh, that was the first instance that we saw there. But... This wasn't being seen at it for a long time, and uh, I thought Real Madrid would have been uncomfortable if that would have that would have kept going for what for more ten or fifteen minutes. But then again, it was a a, a minute of a, a passage of play where Real Madrid took the ball. They tried to keep possession. That's a, a very cute little one-two between Rodrigo and Chouameni. Very good thinking, by the way, because Felipe is getting dragged into. Uh, uh, into from his position by Rodrigo as he plays that one to space left behind by Luis Felipe. It's a very, very good ball from Chouameni over the top of the defense. Rodrigo hits it on the half volley against the run of play. Real Madrid lead 1 0. And after that goal, there was no way looking back for Real Madrid in that one because it looked like a school picnic for me. I mean, it really looked like that because uh, Atletico Madrid had the ball, but they were having the ball only in those areas where Real Madrid allowed them to take it. I mean, that's what I saw from uh, from it. And again, then, uh, if you look at that one chance, I think it was before the Real Madrid goal uh, with Joao Felix as well. That, that was the only meaningful chance that I saw. I mean, that was probably a mistake from Courtois, tries to come back and claim the ball, misses it. Joao Felix has to hit it on the wall. It's a high wall. He can't do much about it. Um, it then uh, sizes up for... Uh, a very, very good first half because in the end, Real Madrid also get another goal. Uh, a brilliant passing move between Vinicius and uh, Modric where if you look at that, if, if you freeze that frame right there, it is four Atletico Madrid players around Vinicius Jr. and Luka Modric and they play a one-two along those four players. It's brilliant skill there. Uh, if you look at it, you know, it was probably... Uh, uh, Llorente, Rodrigo de Paul, Coque and Luis Felipe. 
and they play a cute little one-two. Axel Witzel, well, he's not a bona fide centre-back, so he can't think like a centre-back. He can make good decisions because he's a good defensive midfielder, or he has been a good defensive midfielder. But he can't make those decisions as a centre-back. I mean, he was supposed to close down... Uh, uh, was it Vinicius Jr.? Yeah, it was Vinicius Jr. He was supposed to close down Vinicius Jr. because Rodrigo was uh, being marked by Reynildo. Uh, Valverde was very, very deep at that time when Vinicius had the ball. Vinicius gets it on it, tries to poke it past uh, Oblak. It hits the post, a deflection from Oblak. It hits the post, it comes back to Valverde who crashes that ball in the back of the net. It's 2-0, it's game set and match for Atletico Madrid. For, for Real Madrid and for Atletico Madrid, I I never saw anything that they would come back. I mean, the goal that Real Madrid also uh, uh, conceded was a mistake from Thibaut Courtois. Well, again, that indecision while collecting the ball from a set piece. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's excusable because he's been fabulous for them for the last two, three years. I'll have to think again with Karim Benzema out since that game against Celtic. They put... Two past Celtic since he was out. What well, three past Celtic? Two past Major. Three, two or three past Major. Three past Mallorca. Uh, two past. Uh, what two? Uh, yeah, three past Celtic. Three past Betis. Uh, three past. Uh, two past Leipzig, and again two past. Uh, um, who's the last team? I'm. I really. Uh, Got it over my mind. It was... Yeah, Atletico Madrid. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, 11 goals since uh, they they have conceded those. Uh, they've they've uh, let go uh, Karim Benzema. And uh, they've, been, they've been fabulous, to be honest. Uh, I think uh, now Eden Hazard as a false number nine is an afterthought. That's going to be Rodrigo now. Because, well, Rodrigo is not a physical presence as uh, Karim Benzema is. I mean, he's very, very good in the air. Uh, he's a good header of the ball. Uh, he can give you a lot of movement up front, which at 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 a speed which maybe Karim Benzema cannot give. But uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 a very important weapon to have in uh, Rodrigo whenever Karim Benzema is not playing. I mean he had a fabulous game to be honest. He made those one or two very very good runs. You know we had one instance where Luka Modric found him with a through ball. It was a very good recovery by Reynildo. And by the way, Reynildo should have been booked and uh, not. I mean he was booked, but it should have been a red card for me. I mean he clatters into the knees of uh, Rodrigo, and uh, I don't know for what reason it was not given as a red card. Um, in the second half, it was much more of a school picnic. It was a school picnic with the principal there. I mean, what what can you say? I mean, they were not really having any joy there. If you look at the reaction of uh, Joao Felix in that first half, and at the end of that first half, he was just not interested. When he was taken off, he went straight into the tunnel. I mean, I can understand the frustration. I mean, if you're Diego Simeone, you cannot really blame him because he wants to play more. And, well, your tactics aren't allowing him to do so. Uh, so maybe, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of discipline into him because when you have to play for Atletico Madrid, you've got to have anything. You, you, you can't have anything, but you have to have discipline. That's, that's, it's a bread and butter. Um, if you look at what we saw in the second half, it was much more of the same. We had not, not many chances for Real Madrid. 
Uh, I thought Valverde, for me, was the man of the match. He had a fabulous game. I mean, he's everywhere. His defence, he, he works in the midfield. He works as a right back. Then Carvajal is wandering up front. He works as a right winger. He does every sort of dirty work that you allow him, that you ask him to do. He's such a brilliant player. He's such a great, great weapon to have for any any manager in the world, let alone Carlo Ancelotti. I mean, he's added goals to his game. I mean, he scored against Leipzig. He scored against Mallorca the weekend before. I mean, that was a fabulous goal against Mallorca, by the way. And he did score even against uh, um, uh, against Leipzig, that brilliant goal when he, when he got into on his left foot. So it's been a fabulous, fabulous uh, journey for Fede Valverde in 2022. Even the back end of last season, he was fabulous. Uh, so yeah, it, 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 he's been really, really good for Real Madrid. Uh, I thought Kroos as well with his passing and uh, to make play from deeper areas was really, really good. I mean, he uh, engineered the ball pretty well. I thought the Atletico Madrid midfield, I thought Koke was decent. Kong Dogbier, I I mean, I'd never saw a tackle being won by Kong Togbia. I mean, I, I mean, he would have, but I didn't saw it. Um, Rodrigo de Pau was very, very underwhelming. I mean, that's as easy as you would uh, you would expect me to say. Uh, probably, you'd say Marcos Llorente. He did he did put up, put up a shift, but he wasn't really productive. Uh, Yanni Carrasco, I'd probably say he was the best player for Atletico on the, on the day. And yeah, that's about it. I mean, Atletico Madrid, they would not have anything to say much about this game. This, this was a bad result after two. I mean, they have had two very, very bad results. One at home, one away from home. The one at home was against Real Madrid, obviously, in the derby. And the away from home result was in Germany, in the Bay Arena, against Bayer Leverkusen, where they, they did play well. They played up the pitch. And they did do that again this uh, in this game uh, at the Metropolitano against Real Madrid in the starting few, few moments. But that was about it. I mean... Going forward, they had nothing. I mean, they probably need Morata to come in. Morata, who is uh, going to be probably the main man to get goals. I mean, good luck with that. Uh, apart from them, apart from Morata, they have uh, very few options. Yannick Carrasco can have some shots at goal. Griezmann, Joao Felix are already starting, already did start. Cunha, Correa, the two good options there. But I don't know how much are you going to invest on Cunha and Correa I mean, Angel Correa is a very, very good player, but he, time and again, he finds himself on the bench. I mean, you have to question Diego Simeone for some, uh, for, for that reason. I mean, I would have had Joao Felix and Correa playing up top for them, but, you know, I don't think that's the way Diego Simeone thinks about 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 using his front two players. I mean, there was no not much substance left in them after that first goal went in. As I said, it was kind of a school picnic uh, for for Atletico Madrid. Um, as for Real Madrid, they have they've had a very very good string of results: six games in the league, six very very good games, and six wins. They have had tough games as well, you know, against Betis, against. Uh, uh, against Betis and against Atletico Madrid so you can say that you know, they've passed it with flying colours and even against RB Leipzig I mean it was not a very easy game 
or even against Celtic where in the first half Celtic had very very good chances where they should have scored some goals Callum McGregor hitting the post and stuff like that you know they should have scored especially that given that given the fact that they didn't have Benzema in that game uh, but for now I think uh, right now Real Madrid look very very potent I think they do have that a uh, very good knack of scoring goals whenever required, and that is a very good thing to have. Um, we do have the Clásico on the 16th of October, so we'll see what we can extract from uh, the Clásico, what we can get from the Clásico once it's uh, up and running. So uh, we'll see. As far as uh, Atletico Madrid go, their problems are lying deeper. They need to clarify and see what can happen with those racist uh, chants that were being propagated at uh, Vinicius Junior here on 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 the weekend they'll have to act fast and they'll have have to act in the right manner because if they don't it would be a big disgrace not just to Atletico Madrid and their fans but Atletico Madrid as a club would be a big disgrace and not just Atletico Madrid as well even La Liga they'll have to act fast they'll have to impose some allegations because if they don't do it they they're, they're, they're literally a joke I'm not kidding. They're literally a joke. So we now move on from Spain to Italy in the San Siro where we had a big game between Napoli and AC Milan. It was a very, very good game in the first half. It finished nil-nil. But in the second half, things started to change. And we'll talk first about the first half and the formation. Milan, uh, for some part of the game, it was a 4-3-3 with uh, Krunic, Tonali and Benacer in the midfield. Teo Hernandez, Tomori, Simon Kier, who was preferred into... Uh, Pierre Colulu in that back line alongside Davide Calabria, uh, Benacer as well. Uh, and then again in the front three, it was Giroud, Catalera and uh, Salamakas who scored against Salzburg uh, in their match day, one of the Champions League. So, uh, very, very good setup by Milan. As for Napoli, it was a 4-3-3, you know, 4-2-3-1, anything you can say. You know, Labotka and Gisa in that midfield pivot. Kim Minjai, Rahmani, Machio Rui and... Giovanni Di Lorenzo, our right back. It was uh, uh, a front three, the uh, usual front three suspects. Politano on the right, Quarazkelia through the middle, Zielinski, uh, Quarazkelia through the left, Zielinski through the middle. And as we don't have uh, the services of the great uh, centre forward that they have right now, is Mick Rosiman, they played in. Uh, Gianluca Raspadori, I mean, he's a good player, obviously, played for Sassuolo for some time now, and uh, he was on the radar of some of the big clubs in Europe, but he's uh, playing now for Napoli, he had a very, very good game, by the way, uh, he was being shipped off for what, in the uh, in, in the 66th minute for uh, Giovanni Simeone, but we'll talk about Giovanni Simeone in a minute, but uh, in the first half, I thought Milan played really well, they had some fair few chances, I thought uh, Theo Hernandez was really, really good on that left-hand side. We also saw Kroonich getting wide onto that left-hand side area, pushing in from that midfield. Even in that first half, we saw that big chance that was created for Milan on that instance. So, good from them. But uh, Kovicek Varadzkelia, the My Dream Boy, he was uh, on it again. He completely took Simon Kier and Davide Calabria to shreds. I mean, they were... On for a very, very rough ride, a ride, and not just them, even Tomori had a very, very average game. Uh, but, you know, especially with Kier and Calabria, they didn't play well. Uh, they were shipped off uh, at halftime, uh, even uh, even they had to just a bit alter their, themselves. Sergino Dest came in for Calabria, 
in that second half and uh, well, six minutes later tripped uh, Kavitsa Kovaratskelia. You know, it was not a foul if you saw it in real time, but if you look at it in some different angles, you will see that Sergino Dest had a part to play there. He just pushes the uh, left leg of Kovaratskelia and... Uh, the Georgian goes down. Matteo Politano, as he did against Rangers in the Ibrox in the Champions League in the midweek, he scores from the spot here as well in the San Siro. That was 1-0. And then, what, 15 minutes later, it was a very good uh, interchange between Teo Hernandez and Alexis and Charles de Ketelet on that left-hand side. Ketelet giving Teo Hernandez the ball to drive in forward. Then Teo Hernandez cuts it back. It's a very easy finish for Olivier Giroud. It is 1-0. By the way, the penalty of uh, Politano, I, I like to touch it. It was not a good penalty, by the way. You know, Mike Manuel was very unlucky to have not saved it. I mean, he should have saved it once he got there. I mean, it was a straightforward save. No, not penal- no penalty is straightforward. But that was uh, what you would call along the lines of a straightforward save. On a- so not a good penalty from Politano, but very lucky that he went in. Um but then again, there was a substitution made. It was Raspadori who went off. And it was Giovanni Simeone, the son of uh, Diego Simeone, Diego Pablo Simeone, the manager of Atletico de Madrid. He came on and <coughs> wanted a good head, one header when he was just struggling with the ball. Passed it back to Mario Rui, who had a fabulous cross in. Brilliant header from uh, from, from Simeone. Passed Mike Magnon and it was 2-1. Then again, in the end, they hung up a little bit. Um, Napoli and uh, got the victory. It was a very, very good game. Very indeed, uh, a fabulous result for Napoli in this uh, in in this week. They will have to uh, see to it that they keep the consistency consistency going on because well they had a good start to the season last time around as well. And uh, well, you know you have to say that uh, it's it's been a fabulous, fabulous first. One month for Napoli in this uh, in in the season in the Serie. A. As far as Milan go, it was was a bit hiccup. They didn't play that bad, but you would have to say that yeah, probably Napoli deserved to win this game. In the other big game, it was Roma against Atalanta. Very very enjoyable game indeed. Very physical, and uh, it was Atalanta who uh, won this game by a goal to nil. It was a goal from. Uh, from from Scalvini who snatched the point for the visitors. Um, it was a very, very interesting game. You know, obviously, the bad news which came off uh, just before the just before the game was started was uh, Paolo Dybala, who was said to be injured for this game, and he didn't start. It was Pellegrini Zaniolo behind the uh, tall Tammy Abraham. It was Spinazzola, Matic, Cristante, and Zaki... Uh, Zeki Celik playing in front of Ibania, Smalling and Mancini. Rui Patricio, the usual guy in goal for Roma. So that was the setup in that uh, formation for Roma. As for Atalanta, it was a bit different. I mean, Edison and Paschlitz started alongside Rasmus Hoyland in that front three. Joachim Meile and Hans Hattibor played as their two uh, wing-backs. It was not anyone but Hattibor. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a different... Uh, uh, th- that that's a different, uh, completely different situation there for Hatebor Toloi, Darun, and Demiral started in the in in the back line. So uh, it was a decent setup for both the teams. Uh, Roma started really well. There were chances there for Pellegrini, for Tammy Abraham, even for Brian Cristante, who had a big chance. So 
fair few chances, uh, to be honest, and they didn't take it. It was a very, very good, good goal from outside of the box from uh, Giorgio Scalvini to set up things up. Uh, you know, it was ugly scenes in the end with... Uh, Jose Mourinho swearing at the referees. I mean, that was uh, it was clearly unnecessary. He just wound up, wound up a lot, and uh, well, said some things which weren't really good to be said. I mean, that's that's not good from good good look for for Roma and for Jose. But uh, off he goes. I mean, that that's uh, that's that's really irresponsible. But he will see to it that does not happen again. I mean, that's certainly not really possible. But they have a very important game coming up in their next trip. I mean, they will be going away to Milan in the San Siro, a place where Jose Mourinho still has a lot of fans. He won't be there on the sidelines as they will be taking on Inter in the Serie on the October the 1st. And then they have got the big game in the Europa League as well between themselves and Real Betis. And they have got some very easy games in the Serie A. That is at home to Lecce, away at Sampdoria. Then... Uh, uh, the big game against Napoli at home as well. So they have some fair few games. They will have to be very good in the end. They have a good run of good games. I mean, Betis is going to be difficult uh, home and away. And uh, even uh, the Inter and Napoli game, apart from that, there were Lecce, Sampdoria and Hilinski in the Europa League as well. So easy, fair few easy games. I think Jose Mourinho will say that's uh, undercovered. But for this Inter game, I think he will be a big miss. Very, very big miss. So some more big events which happened across Italy were the losses for Inter and for Juventus. First, we'll talk about Inter. They were away at the Dacia Arena to play Udinese. Udinese, who have been fabulous this season in the Serie A. They're third in the table right now. It was a very good game, by the way, for Inter as it started off brilliantly. They uh, scored through a Barella free kick. It was a direct free kick. Fabulous goal for Nicolo Barella. And then... Uh, not many chances there for Inter, but Udinese came in very, very well. Um, is it uh, curtains now for Simone Inzaghi? I don't think so. Uh, I think uh, th there's still a lot of uh, there's still a lot of e e equity in that club. I mean, I, I hope to s I, I hope that is the case. I mean, there are not many managers right now left for that job. Obviously, I would have thought that someone like a Roberto De Zerbi would have been fab would have been a tailor made fit for that one. But he's now joining Brighton, so good luck to him there. Uh, as for Juventus, I well, it, it it should have been curtains after the Benfica game. They have to take a decision. Arriva Bene, the uh, Juventus. Uh, Technical director. Well, he he was saying after he while he was having lunch with the Benfica president, he was saying that you know what, I I mean a fan just asked him a question. I mean Sac Allegri, Sac Allegri. I mean he was saying that are you going to pay his compensation? Well, uh, well, that is that is again you know very very deep into it. But so you'll have to say someone like a Allegri. Well. Maybe the time has run out. Maybe the time has run its course. I mean, against Monza, they were they were just completely played off the park. I don't think there were many chances for them. I I feel sorry for Vlahovic that he's got to play in this uh, at, at this in this sort of system because he seems to be very very irritated by the way Allegri and Juventus are trying to play out. But you know, for now, I think it's still sustainable. But I just don't think that's the right plan. They they should be getting it over with and. You know, it's 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 a bad thing. It's a bad look at the at, at the club. You know, 
Uh, as I've said it before, I think someone like a Sergio Conceição or a Ruben Amorim would have been a fabulous fit for them at this moment. You know, a, a, a big project. I mean, it could work. Uh, well, I know, you know, people are going to come very harsh on uh, Federico Gatti, who I rate really highly. He had a bad game. Um, but yeah, you know, if you start really uh, criticizing him, I mean, Allegri is sort of a guy who's was going to chuck him out of the team and never going to play him and play Bonucci instead. I mean, that would be more catastrophic for me. Uh, but yeah, you know, for now, I think, uh, well, they, they have to turn a tide around. They You'll have to win both those games against Maccabi Haifa because there's no other option. They are lacking in the league, right? Lacking in the Champions League. And even in the league, they were seventh or eighth in the, in, in the, in the table. And I mean... People who are criticizing Ronaldo for not playing well in that, I mean, not for, for the Juventus' performance, that they would know what has happened now to that club. I mean, come on, seriously, that, 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 that club is a mess right now, a real mess. So, from Italy, we now move on to Germany, where we had two big derbies. We will first talk about the Rivera derby in the Signal Iduna Park between Dortmund and Schalke. I mean, to be honest, to, to really sum up this game, I would say Schalke where the game was 1-0 for a long time, they were hopeless. They were really hopeless, Schalke. They, they created nothing. They had really no... They had nothing in this game. Sorry to say that, but they had nothing in this game. Dortmund, by the way, were very, very good after that defeat against Leipzig. There's no shame if you're, if you're Dortmund to go away in Leipzig and face a defeat. I mean, that, there's, there's really no shame in that. But... To turn up the way they did against Manchester City, that was a very, very good performance. And then again today, in a big derby like this, it was a fabulous atmosphere, by the way, at the Signal Iduna Park. Really, really beautiful atmosphere. You saw Fumacoco scoring his first goal in front of the yellow wall in the Rivera derby. That, that's something that he'll remember for a long time, wherever he plays and wherever he, whatever he wins. In the next 10 or 15 years, he's going to look back at this and say, you know, that was, this, this was a big highlight of my career. It was a fabulous game, by the way, for everyone involved in that uh, black and yellow jerseys. Good game, really nice game. They moved ahead of uh, Bayern Munich now again. They'll have to keep this momentum up. Edin Terzic is a very, very good manager. He needs to just bind them together in a certain way that they don't just don't get loosened up. It's, it's, it's a very, very interesting sort of things that, that, that have happened right now at Dortmund and uh, we'll have to see I mean again I'll, I'm very sorry for Marco Royce has been he's picked up on other injuries said to be sidelined for one month one, one and a half month at, at best I mean he might come back at the start of November that if he does recover well but you know that's 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 just, that's just bad news for him and even for Germany as they would have just liked him to be there you know that uh, Really feeling sorry, really sorry for him. Uh, by the way, very, very good game for uh, Marius Wolf, who played a left-back instead of Rafael Guerreiro. Um, even Thomas Mounier is playing really, really well this season. Uh, that midfield of Saliostjan and Jude Bellingham played really well against Man City as well, and even today. So, in all, a very, very important game for them. I would like to see a lot more of uh, Karim Adiemi. I think he played really well after coming on, and even... Someone like a Daniel Marlin, but I don't just think Daniel Marlin is a starter for this team. Maybe off the bench, yeah. As a starter, I don't think so. It's just dang in the middle for me. Uh, Modest played really well. You know, it was a good game for him. Apart from that, I just think uh, the entire game was a bit average in terms of Schalke. They, they played really bad. 
they they were really poor for a big game like this. When you when you're coming back to the top flight, you're playing this big game, the Rivera Derby, which they call it, it's 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 a pathetic way to show it up for your fans. It's they're really underwhelming. As far as the Bavarian Derby goes, uh, well, the pressure's mounting on uh, Julian Nagelsmann. There's a good victory and you know, two very, very good victories over Inter and, and against Barcelona in the Champions League. But in the league, they're really struggling. I think, I think the first two results, which were against uh, two very, very good teams, I thought uh, they played relatively well. But this game against Augsburg, this was bad. Even against Stuttgart, they should have lost it. But uh, this game, it was, it, was, it was really bad. Against Union Berlin, against... Uh, Gladbach, they, they sort of played really well. They didn't deserve to draw that game against Stuttgart. They should have lost against yesterday as well against Augsburg in that big derby, uh, the Bavarian derby. They should have lost as well. You know, bad, bad game. I mean, you would say that Augsburg had fair few chances. Uh, I, I thought for Bayern, Leroy Zane had two chances. Sadio Mane had one chance. Uh, by the way, the goalkeeper for Augsburg... Uh, Rafael Gikovic, he, he he had a fabulous night, to be honest. He, he played really well. Uh, Augsburg as well, as I said, some very, very good chances for them. You know, Maximilian Bauer in that first half, he should have scored with that header where he powers it over the crossbar. Uh, Niederlechner had two very, very good chances, two really, really presentable chances that he should have taken it. But it was Iago who led that ball to... Uh, uh, to to Barisha, the number 11 for Augsburg was leading the line yesterday and uh, he tapped that ball in past Manuel Neuer very very good finish uh, for, for 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 Augsburg really really well taken goal I mean he's on loan for Fernabache so good on him good impression to play against uh, his city rivals in Bayern uh, by the way that on, on that goal I mean Upamecano what the hell was he doing there I mean, he kind of played a dummy to uh, to uh, I mean, to 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 the goal scorer Berisha. I mean, I, I don't know what to what, what what to tell about him, but you know that was that was just bad from him. And again, you know, Matthias Delict and Dario uh, Pamecano, they both started this game. And uh, well, there there are many many uh, deficiencies in that defensive line. I mean, you can talk about Mane and Mane not being playing well. I mean, Musiala's just found come back to earth after his fiery start. I mean Sane has been doing good off late. Thomas Muller is Thomas Muller is always gonna play well. Um even in the midfield with Zabitzer and uh, and Kimmich. I mean Zabitzer is not the player that he was at Leipzig. Kimmich has just fallen down a cliff. I mean that's he's 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 really been out of sorts in these last two three weeks. That's for sure. Uh the, the best chance for them was Manuel Neuer's error. In that final, in that final few seconds, I mean, that was their chance, where he made a fabulous save, Gikovic, um, a goalkeeper's effort saved by another goalkeeper. That was a fabulous, fabulous uh, header from uh, Manuel Neuer. I mean, that was the final kick of the game, obviously. Uh, but yeah, you'll have to say that they're really struggling right now, Bayern. The screws are tightening for them. They'll have two very, very easy games in the Champions League again against Victoria Pilsen, one home and one away in the Czech Republic. So they'll they'll do well there. But after the international break, the first game is at the Allianz Arena against uh, Bayer Leverkusen, who themselves aren't having a good time. I mean, they played against Werder Bremen in uh, the Bay Arena after the very impressive showing at, against Atletico Madrid. 
they only managed a one-all draw. I mean, that was a very, very bad goal to concede in the end of uh, Milos Velikovic uh, scored in the... I mean, that, 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 that was a bad game in all honesty for Bayer Leverkusen. I mean, they shouldn't have lost that one. I mean, dropped that two points. But as of now, they're, they're doing really bad in the league. I mean, they're just one place. I mean, they're, they're in the vicinity of relegation and they're also playing Champions League football. That's how... That that's how close their fortunes are. That I mean, I mean, obviously they'll have to get into some sort of a response when they play in the Allianz Arena. But that's not for me to say. Uh, even for Bayern Munich, they're fifth in the Bundesliga table right now. Um, uh, after Hoffenheim and Freiburg also played a goalless draw. Uh, that was a very interesting game as well. I mean, uh, I thought. Vincenzo Grifo in that game was fabulous. Uh, Matthias Ginter had a one chance in that first half. Apart from that, I don't think there was much to say about that game. Uh, Union Berlin, on the other hand, they were very, very good against Wolfsburg. They beat them uh, by two goals to nil in Berlin um, at the uh, Stadio Ander Fosterei. I mean, that's something that they say about that stadium. But a very, very good uh, game for them uh, as I, as much as I see Diego Leiter in that uh, Union Berlin kid he, he's been very very good for them even uh, Frederick Renault who's uh, had a fabulous season by now in that uh, in, in, in that Bundesliga uh, but by the way Geraldo Becker he's having he's having a fabulous fabulous season uh, as well at the top of the uh, at, at, at the top of the Bundesliga table the, they are I mean he's been one of the driving forces I mean not and that's not the understatement for me. He's uh, been fabulous. The way he took that goal as well, the second goal that was presented to him, he was. He's he's been fabulous this season in the Bundesliga. I mean, probably he should be playing for the Netherlands. Uh, he's got now six goals and three assists. That's uh, that that that's probably what you could ask from a very very good. I mean, he he scored a very very good goal against Bayern Munich as well, and he scored again against Wolfsburg. Wolves were probably are going to be relegated this season, so not much to say about them. So, uh, it's been a fabulous uh, season for Union Berlin so far. They've been playing really well. Apart from this one game, there was another one, uh, Leipzig against uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach in Düsseldorf in the Volkswagen Arena. It was a bad game for 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 Gladbach for for Leipzig. They went they went behind early, courtesy of a Jonas Hoffmann goal, and then again Jonas Hoffmann scores to make it two 0 Then they're chasing the game and. Gladbach hit them on the counter. It's not a good uh, season right now for Leipzig. I mean, they always have those, you know, scary starts to the season. I mean, what what to say about that team? I'm just fed up with it. So, um, yeah, that's all from me in the Bundesliga. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, apart from these all these games, we also had Lyon against PSG. A very close game, by the way. You know, Lyon should have. Uh, Scored as well. They didn't deserve to lose this game in the Group Hammer Stadium. Leo Messi scoring that brilliant, uh, br- that that brilliant goal. I watched it yesterday, but I was very free. Um, very, uh, uh, very interesting game between these two sides. I mean, PSG should have scored more than one goal. Uh, even uh, Lyon had a very important, very big chance where Nuno Mendes completely loses out. Uh, uh, Alessandro Lacazette, who was through on goal. He should have scored with his head, but does not. He directs his head wide of the post. And then again, he had one chance where he tries to wriggle past, gets a shot away. It's saved by uh, 
by Gigi Donnarumma. That was probably these those chances that 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 were there for them. Um, by the way, Castillo, Lukeba, and Thiago Mendes in that back line for Lyon played extremely well. Even Malo Gusto was playing at right back. Um, had some very very good. Uh, uh, Things show up even uh, when Ryan Cherky had a big chance as well in the second half. Toko, uh, it can be very, very bad night for him. Even Tolisa and Kakarot were not pretty good. Uh, by the way, Sergio Ramos also had the ball in the back of the net, but it was being chopped off for offsiders. Uh, Danilo Pereira, who touched the ball initially, was in an offside position. Um, uh, by the way, Sergio Ramos is again being snubbed for that Spanish national team column. I mean, I'm fed up of that guy, Luis Enrique. I mean, the players that he's chosen at a centre-back position uh, for Spain in this national collapse are Pau Torres, who I have no problem with. He should be there. Um, by the way, he's not having fair few bad... He's had fair few bad games uh, uh, lately. I mean, he, Villarreal lost to Sevilla as well in the league uh, uh, this weekend. So he's not had... Two, three very good weeks. So, Pau Torres is one. And I think he's a very good defender. He should be starting for Spain, regardless. Then you've got Diego Llorente, whose team, who's part of a defence, who's shipping out two goals every single game. Every single game, irrespective of the opposition. They're shipping off two goals every single game in, 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 in the Premier League. So, that's not good a defender. Then you've got Eric Garcia, who's really not a good defender. And then you've got Cesar Aspilicueta, who is a bona fide right back and he's not even a centre back. I mean, these are now four options. I mean, come on. You have to get in Sergio Ramos, who's playing brilliantly for PSG, by the way, who's had a fabulous time. And then again, well, again, justice for Iago Aspas as well. He's had a fabulous season by uh, for, uh, as far as uh, I'm concerned. What, five goals and an assist before the call-ups were made? I, don't, I haven't seen Celta Vigo's game uh, this weekend in La Liga, but, uh, well, I, I believe would have played well. I, I, I mean, that that's certainly my assumption of how he would have uh, had himself in this one. But surely, you know, surely you'll have to say, I mean, yeah, the, the, the game was, uh, well, not very good because, uh, uh, well, Celta de Vigo, they lost 3-0 to Valencia at the, uh, at, at the Mestalla in Spain. So not a good game for Celta de Vigo. But by the way, Iago Aspas, five goals and an assist in this season. That's not a good start, but he's not being picked up. Justice for him, you know. Really, but I, I don't. I don't really care about uh, Ansu Fati because he's not played regularly this season, and so hasn't Ferran Torres as well. I mean, I don't know what the hell is he thinking, Luis Enrique, and again, Nico Williams has been called up. By the way, again, justice for Sergio Ramos, justice for Iago Aspas. They should have been there. Um, Diego, uh, uh, obviously, David De Gea is not being part of his plans, so we'll keep it uh, keep it up to there. So. Um, very, very bad uh, calling up there. And I just believe, I, I hope that they lose to Portugal, by the way, when they play uh, in Braga uh, between those two sides. I mean, it's going to be very, very good between, uh, it's going to be very, very close between these two sides when they meet in Portugal. So, um, very pumped up to see what happens back then. So, this was your host, Mayuresh Matkar. That was the, this podcast. We'll meet in after the international breaks are done. Um, with the next podcast, um, we'll have some big games to talk about. Uh, England, Italy, Germany in that same group. That would be something to talk about. Uh, Spain versus Portugal. Obviously, France's group where Croatia and uh, Denmark will be fighting for the top spot. So we'll see what happens back there. 
so until then see you take care bye bye and uh, we'll meet after the international break uh, my twitter account is weekly pod underscore ott um and the uh, instagram account is weekly pod dot ott so uh, thanks for listening to this podcast this was your host mayuresh matkar thank you very much cheerio shoot